I know in, in lead up to the, this special day of teaching, uh, we were having a conversation and you, you had mentioned to me that the Jewish people were not allowed to study their Bible on this day. Why, why is that? Which is remarkable. They absolutely love their Torah. And they are forbidden. Now, think about it for a second. This is a day of mourning, right? But they love their Torah. You're not allowed to do anything that would bring you joy. And for them, reading the Torah brings them joy. So they're only allowed to read those parts of the Torah, which are very sad. And uh, there is one book in particular that uh, we use the word in English, lament. And it's we call the book Lamentations. And that's the only thing, and a few other pieces of Isaiah, Jeremiah, that are uh, talking about this, the sadness that I read on uh, Tisha B'Av. It's a song of mourning, basically, the book of Lamentations, for the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. So it's, it is about this day, so the entire book is pretty difficult. In Hebrew, it's called Eha, which is the first word of the book, which is a question. How? Or Eha, how? How does a city, once so full of people, she was great among the nations, how has she become a widow? The princess of the province has become a slave. So Eha is what they call the book of Lamentations. The first temple was lost, now this is the cry of Nebuchadnezzar, because of idol worship, sexual immorality, and bloodshed. But the Jews believed the second temple was destroyed because of unjustifiable hatred that was permeating Jewish society. Well, <laughs> the actions were definitely rampant and evil. Well, that's not why the second temple was destroyed. Their sin was rejecting their Messiah, Yeshua. Salvation is what Yeshua means. But they still don't believe the Messiah has come. So they rejected him. He came to be crucified for their sins. And they did play a part, along with the Romans... But while the apostles and the early Christians were all Jews, most of the Jews rejected him and persecuted the church. Eha is a perfect place to start for all of us asking the question with emotion, God, how, alas, how did we get here so far apart from you? And if that's where you are, you need to ask the question. The word Eha appears for the first time in the Torah in Genesis. Guess where? In the Garden of Eden. Now, it's basically uh, consonants, right? And in Hebrew, Eha is written with the exact same letters with the word Eicha. When God turns to Adam and Eve and asks them the question, where are you? Same as Eha. So it's asking us to take stock of where we are and how we got here. With the purpose of finding a solution. It's also assuming that you are asking God where you are, or where are you, God? And why are you not with me? Why did you leave? Moses says, Eha, how can I alone bear your problems and your burdens and your complaints in the desert wandering period? Isaiah laments Israel. Eha, he says, she's become a harlot, the faithful city that was filled with justice, righteousness dwelt, but now murderers. You know, the real purpose of Tisha B'Av in this season of fasting is to quiet yourself to God's voice. Allow Jesus to speak and then obey. Just, just after Pentecost, Peter preached this to the Jews in Jerusalem. It's in Acts 3. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. 
Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see all that in there? Refreshing the presence. And that's what they're longing for more than anything, the presence. Wherever we go, we now take the tabernacle with us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? And that brings us to America this year. In 2020, America has faced a deadly virus and injustice. The world has responded with a mask, quarantine, preventing doctors from prescribing medicines of choice, shutting down the economy, separation, protests, rioting, looting, destruction, and anarchy. Goodness. This year, 2020, or Biblical 5780, is the Hebrew word pay, which means mouth, speech, and breath. The coronavirus pandemic is spread by breath, which can kill, but it's the words spoken that take away peace. The news media, social media, and aspects of the government portray Americans as deeply divided with positions that are growing more extreme daily. In reality, apart from the relentless spiritual attack that has been waged this year, almost all of this discord that we're allowing to separate us from each other is superficial. And few can describe what they're so passionately against. Most issues will pass following the election. Many that are divisive today will repent when the spiritual attacks subside. That's what I want to talk to you about today. The grave is a mouth. The meaning of Hebrew letters comes from the first time they're used in scriptures. And the first use of the letter pay in the Torah is Genesis 4.11 when Cain kills Abel. That was the scripture that determined the year that we're in. Now you are cursed because of the ground which has opened its mouth, pay, to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Does that sound like what's going on in the world, and especially in America? So the mouth, pay, is the grave. There's death and curses and a last breath. If you've wondered why this year seems so out of control and somewhat exasperating, the spiritual forces we're struggling against are stirring up a lot of disunity and control. Luke 6 says, The good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good. The evil person out of evil treasure produces evil. For it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. When you go around looking at people wearing masks everywhere, one of the questions you should ask is, but what have you done for your heart? Protests and violence, none of those things are going to help COVID or racism or hatred or anarchy or any other spiritual entity. Sin is a heart issue. God wants to deal with our hearts. God has highlighted the issues we need to deal with, but the world's response has been to cover it, not correct it, to control others, to hinder freedom, to ostracize and deceive. The one thing that should be clear by now is the world can't solve these problems because they're coming from the demonic realm. The church seems ill-equipped to be on much help this year. Our struggle, Ephesians 6 says, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. If you wonder why and how this battle of control is taking place, especially in America, but around the world too, it's crazy, insane, nothing makes sense. Well, it's spiritual. Do you want to see these same demons in history? Watch the Holocaust. Go back and watch World War I of the Bolsheviks take over. You'll keep asking as it happens in front of your eyes. How is this possible? How could all of these people in one moment be so evil? 
You know, back at Pentecost, I shared the Pentecost and the Pale Horse, the teaching on the end times glimpses that were occurring during the those appointed times of the spring, including brief but terrible glimpses of the four horsemen of Revelation. I had hoped that those glimpses were behind us, but I believe that a second wave has begun with this uh, month's fast, which we're call, called the three weeks, which conclude today, the ninth of Ab. Let me just repeat that. I'd hoped that the glimpses were behind us, but... I believe that a second wave has begun this month during these last three weeks. So just as the spring's white horse glimpse occurred on Purim during the final month of winter, so the fall glimpse occurred, not in the fall, but during these last three weeks here of summer. It's a holiday these three weeks they call Bain Hametzarim. It's during the end of summer, and it's the three weeks of mourning. The biblical calendar is split into two six-month periods, each with their own set of feasts and fasts. Much prophetic writing is written in the chiastic form. In other words, it's like two pieces look at each other's reflection. The spring and the fall feasts are like this. They mirror each other. So I'm not going to repeat the details of the Pentecost and the Pale Horse teaching, but it's on our, our blog. It's on the podcast. It's available at victory.radio. But the glimpse of the second horse is just weeks away at Rosh Hashanah. And I'll also begin to share in about three weeks on the first of the month of Elul to help get us ready for the great things God has planned. But coming up, uh, when I come back, we're going to talk about round two of the, the white horse. What does that mean in these last three weeks? What's been happening and what's going to happen in the near future? We'll dig into that.